Hello, Kardec Radio Facebook page. We are live streaming on Kardec Radio Facebook page. And also, we are streaming on Kardec Radio. You can get Kardec Radio on your Apple or your Android phone. Just go to the PlayStation, the Play Store, I should say, or the Apple Store, and look, type in Kardec, K-A-R-D-E-C, Radio. It's a free app. It's 24 hours a day of spiritist programs by lots of spiritist uh, authors. I mean, not authors, but also speakers, I should say. So today we are talking about the one of the most important chapters is that is my kingdom is is not of this world and that is where this next Sundays pretty number of Sundays we are going to be talking about the gospel according to spiritism. Now, first, Alan Kardec is the codifier of spiritism. He didn't just talk with one spirit. In fact, he's not a medium. He was part of seances and other medium meetings. He became interested, and therefore he explored what the spirits wanted to tell him. They gave him messages that he had a very serious mission to do. Therefore, he wrote a series of 1,019 questions. And from the end, he, unless he got the same or very similar answers from different mediums and different geographical locations, he did not put them in his book, The Spirit's Book. Now, The Gospel According to Spiritism is his third book, which is a wonderful book, and it explores more about the Bible and what Jesus says and tell us what Jesus said and what was the story behind what he said. So we are going to start with the chapter on My Kingdom is Not of This World. Let me share this. At the beginning of this chapter is, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and Jesus and called Jesus, and said unto him, Out thou art the king of the Jews. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said to him, unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am king. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. So what is great about the gospel according to Spiritism is they explain what all this means. And when Alan Kardec wrote, he said this, he said, With these words, Jesus clearly refers to a future life, which he presents in all circumstances as the goal which humanity must reach, and which should constitute man's greatest preoccupation here on earth. All of his maxims refer to this great principle. Indeed, without a future life, there would be no reason to have the majority of those moral precepts. This is why those who do not believe in a future life cannot understand or think the matter foolish, because they imagine that Jesus was only speaking of the present life. And this is a vital, vital point that Alan Kardec makes. And the fact is, when you look at it, when you look at everything, and when, when, when Jesus says you have to be reborn again, and most you know Christians think of that meaning you have to be baptized. But what Jesus really meant is you need more lives. I would say it's probably very safe to say that there's not one spirit on earth that came for the first time and reincarnated into a human-like body with free will and became a pure spirit after one life. 
I would believe that would be almost impossible or extremely improbable. Instead, we take life after life. It takes us a long time. And not only that, not only do we have to be born again, but we have to be born again and again and again, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times. I'm not sure. It all depends on each one of us. And this, this is why when you read the Bible, you, you must, you should think about what Jesus is saying and think of it over the arc of millions of lives, thousands of lives. And then also from the fact that, that we have a spirit world surrounding us that is watching us. And so what Alan Kardec said that this doctrine, which is this kingdom is not of this world, can therefore be considered the basis of Christ's teaching. It's telling us that we are an adjunct. The physical earth is just one, one environment, one episode of our life, which we need to take advantage of. And Alan Kardec further on writes, that that's why he placed it as one of the first items in his book, The Gospel According to Spiritism. He said it must be the point to be the most closely looked at, as is the only one that justifies the anomalies and irregularities of earthly life, and also shows itself to be in accordance with the justice of God. And, you know, isn't he correct in that? Because what, when most people say, well, I don't believe in God, I don't, you know, I don't, because how can God be so cruel? And of course, the answer is, you have to look at the context. So yes, bad things happen to very good people. And what our, our culture considers bad people, they can be very successful in life. But if you look at that over the arc of multiple lives, with karma, with always having to pay your past debts, and also getting the benefit of the good deeds you have, then it becomes, it becomes explainable. You understand why this wonderful person had to have that sickness or had that terrible tragedy happen because usually that person asks for that because of what they have done in a previous life. When you look at the multiplicity of lives, you can understand why what we think are chaotic events, totally without justice or without meaning, are, in truth, the epitome of justice and with meaning. This is why it's important to understand Spiritism and to read and study. Read the Spirit's book and the Gospel according to Spiritism. And this is what Alan Kardec wrote. Jesus revealed that there existed another world where God's justice follows its course. This is the world he promises to all those who obey the commandments of God and where he finds good recompense. This is his kingdom where he will be found in all his glory to which he returned when he left earth. However, when adapting his teachings to the conditions of humanity at the time, Jesus did not consider it convenient to give them all the truth, for he saw they would only be dazzled by it and unable to understand. So he limited himself, in a manner of speaking, to the presentation of a future life as a principle, as a natural law whose action no one could escape. Therefore, every Christian firmly believes in a future life, but the idea that many hold is still vague and complete, and because of this, quite false on various points, this is what Alan Kardec wrote. I'll continue. 
For the majority of people, it is nothing more than a belief, void of absolute certainty. So this is why there are doubts and even incredulity exist. Spiritism has come to complete this point, as well as many others touch, by the teachings of Christ. Now that man is sufficiently mature as to be able to learn the truth, with Spiritism, a future life is no longer an article of faith, a mere hypothesis, but becomes a material reality as facts demonstrate, because those who have described it to us have all been eyewitnesses. Let me stop there for a second. So not only do we have, when Alan Kardec says eyewitnesses, we have it from spiritist mediums who came after Kardec, Leon Denis, Yvonne Piera, Chico Xavier, uh, Reverend G. Val Owen, Devaldo Franco, who's still alive, and others. These people are telling us there are many lives, there is reincarnation. There Then, Let's consider the people who are not spiritist mediums who also then believed in reincarnation. There's many, but let me just name one. Edgar Casey, who was a very famous American medium in, I think, around the early 1920s, 1930s. I forgot how long he, he was with us. But he was a good Catholic who really resisted the idea of reincarnation. But then after having so many communications finally said, yes, there is reincarnation. It was not easy for him. He was skeptical, but he finally decided it was true. And the idea and the certainty of reincarnation, as Alan Kardec says, takes away all of our doubts. And it, it gives us, with, with the idea of reincarnation, with karma as the process, deciding what you're going to reincarnate as who, when, the trials, the episodes you live through, gives us the idea of the perfect justice created and meted out by God and Jesus. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And what he really means is my kingdom is superior to this world, for we are just a subset. We are a classroom we are here as spirits who are learning, immature spirits, I may add, I as one of them. We are learning how to behave. How we are socializing ourselves just like kindergartners and first graders learn to socialize and share. We haven't learned that very well yet, and that's why we're here. We're, and we're here to actually modify our character and our personality. So, Alan Kardec then writes, With Spiritism, a future life is no longer an article of faith, a mere hypothesis, but becomes a material reality as facts demonstrate, because those who have described it as all been eyewitnesses. I wanted to repeat that again. So that not only is doubt no longer possible, but also anyone of whatever intelligence is able to get an idea of its many, many varied aspects in the same way that we can imagine what a country we have never visited is like by reading a detailed description of it. But this description of the future life is circumstantiated to such an extent the conditions of existence for those who reside there, be they happy or unhappy, are so rational that we are bound to agree that could not be otherwise, that it represents the true justice of God. And this is all very important. And it does represent the true 
justice of God. And the more I read, and not just from Alan Kardec, but the more I read of other mediums, over and over again, you find out that the people who have experienced hard trials and hard lives are usually the ones that ask for it. What are we told over and over again by spirits about our own our own failures? We are told, and this is, comes even from people's near-death experiences, that we are our own worst, worst judges. We are the hardest on ourselves. So those of you out there thinking, I cannot go through this. Well, for some reason, at some time in your spirit life, before this present life, you determined that what you needed to go through was what you required in order to improve your life. Now, the other thing which is extremely important to realize is that spirits also tell us that no trial is made so it doesn't have some sort of way to be victorious. Everything has an ending. It's, it's, we can compare it to the periods in a class, right? When the bell rings, we go to class. 50 minutes later, the bell rings again, and we're out of class. Every episode has a beginning and an end. Now, for some, the end may be leaving this physical life. But for many, the end is then that episode is taken, and hopefully you learn from this. So Alan Kardec said, The clear and precise idea which can be formed of a future life provides an unshakable faith in what is to come. This faith places enormous consequence upon the moralization of man because it completely changes the point of view as to how life on earth is regarded. So let's think about what he said that. And that is a very important point. How do you regard your life? Now, if you think you are here as one time and that you were born in a chaotic event because your mother and father somehow, right, got together and you were that lucky sperm, right, who fertilized the egg and you're here for no other purpose than to eat and be merry and then fade away back into the background, then your pursuit of whatever you desire and your pursuit of material, wealth, fame, luxury, whatever you think it should be, then it's totally understandable because you, there is, to you, there is no sense in being any, anything else because there's nothing else than our physical world. And you might as well have the best time of your life in this one life because after this life, it's gone. There's nothing left of you. At some point in time, no one's even going to remember you. It all changes with not only the idea of God and Jesus, but then the idea of reincarnation and karma. So a Christian will know that he, he or she, or a Muslim or a Buddhist, should carry on and adhere to the tenets of their faith and their doctrines in order for them to be in a better place after their life. Now, Buddhas, of course, Buddhisms and Buddhists should know of reincarnation. But for other, other religions, they would think that they are trying to earn their place into, into their version of heaven. And, of course, this helps them believe in their moral certitude. 
and there is nothing wrong in that. But it doesn't explain to them why still things happen to them to test them. Now, I know many, you know, Catholics say, yes, God gives us tests and we need to show our faith. But there still is the aspect that there are some people being tested, which are so enormous tests. For instance, a person born into a family of criminals who just, who just, you know, has just given horrible lessons and horrible leadership in life. And yet this person is expected to be as good as a person born into a good family? Is that fair? Well, I say to you, no, it's not fair. Now, many people would say, well, that's just, you know, that's just God's way of testing a person. And yes, that could be. But I think the idea of reincarnation and karma puts this in a better, con in a better um, environment, in a better point of view, as Alan Kardec would say. That person born into a good life had its trials that they wanted to do that were important to them. That person born into a horrible family had debts they wanted to pay or tests that they really wanted to test themselves with the full knowledge that if they failed those tests, they could take them over again. This is what reincarnation does for us. We are never, ever going to be a failure forever. We are never going to hell forever. We are never going to be uh, in any type of debt forever because we can pay it off life after life. And if someone does something terrible and they do go down to the dark abyss or the lower zone, they can rise out of that by changing their character and their attitude. There is no eternity, or I should say, there is no eternal punishment there is eternity for us, for we are immortal souls. And therefore, this should completely change your view on how life on earth is regarded, as said by Alan Kardec. Because, as he says, I will now read from him again, for those who place themselves by means of thought in the spirit life, which is understood body life, it actually then becomes a mere temporary stay in an ungrateful country, the vivicitudes and tribulations of this life become nothing more than incidents which can be supported with patience as they are known to be of short duration and will be followed by a more amiable state. Death no longer has terror attached to it. Now, when Alan Kardec says these incidents, incidences are of short duration, he is saying short duration as put into the context of our immortal life. For any of us who are in the middle of a very harsh trial, it certainly does not seem short. But if you can raise yourself up and see that this is just one trial, one episode that we are supposed to learn from, it becomes all different. We'll continue on. Death ceases to be a door opening onto nothingness and becomes a door that opens to liberation through which the exile enters into a well-blessed mansion and there finds peace. Knowing that the place we find ourselves at the moment is only temporary and not definite makes us pay less attentions to the preoccupations of life, resulting in less bitterness and a more peaceful spirit. Simply by doubting the existence of a future life, man directs all his thoughts to earthly existence. Without any certainty of what is to come, he gives everything to the present. 
with the mistaken idea there is nothing more precious than earthly things. Man behaves as a child who can only who can see only lays and is prepared to go to any lengths to obtain the only possession he judges to be solid. And the loss of even the least of these causes hurt. Now, I have been there. When I have lost money, and I've talked about this before, when I have lost money that I was able to obtain when, you know, the company I worked for was bought out and I got a payment, twice it happened, I lost everything. And I would be lying if I did not say I was so devastated. This was my big chance to put money in the bank. I was hurt. I was miserable. I was, you know, even thinking of suicide. It was, you know, it was, I was such a failure because I lost that money. Only with spiritism did I finally come to the realization that it was there to teach me a lesson. And I must have been so dense in a past life that I needed the lesson twice. So please do not be as I am and we, you know, refuse to learn from what is thrown at you. Try to learn from that. Try to learn that, in my case, having money, uh, you know, more money than you need is not exactly necessary. You can live on much smaller than you think you can if you have your your priorities set straight. Now, later on, of course, I've told people before, I learned that this happened to me because I did take advantage of people and take money from them. Now I know what it's like to lose it. Therefore, hopefully, I will never do that again in one of my next lives. So, Alan Kardec is, of course, I mean, this is why his book is so good, because he really talks to each one of us. And this is where, like, the Spirits book. When I first read the Spirits book, it's like, oh, this is it. This, this is what I've been looking for. Now I understand. It gives me a whole process, a whole universe. And that was so important to me. And then when I read the Gospel according to Spiritism, it said, oh, I finally understand the New Testament. All these things that were, you know, these parables and, and thinly veiled, you know, writings that, like, what does that mean? The first shall come be last and the last shall be first. What is that, right? Let all those who, you know, hear, hear me, you know, and I didn't really understand even stand that simple thing, you know, as much as I should have. And, of course, now I understand so much better. And, it, and for those smarter and, I guess, more spiritual than I ever was at a at an earlier part of my life, I'm sure it talks to them directly. But it never, the New Testament never spoke to me where I could feel it until I read the Gospel according to Spiritism. And now when I reread the New Testament, I understand it and I can feel the words in it and what it means. Now, probably still not correctly, but I think I'm better than I used to be. So this is why when we see, when Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this earth, we have to realize that we are all part of his kingdom. No matter if you believe in Jesus or believe in God, it doesn't make a difference. If you're a citizen of a country, you're a citizen of that country. You know, you may not like that country or like the, the king or the president or the dictator you're in. You're still part of that country. And you have, and you know there are rules that you must follow. 
Now, it's much more benevolent in the kingdom of Jesus because we have free will. Granted, our free will on earth is not the free will that people think when they say free will. We actually are given pretty definite episodes and trials and tribulations that we must go through. Our free will is mainly our attitude and the small decisions we make within those episodes. It's not great. It's the free will you give to a first grader or second grader on the playground with people watching them, right? Here's a ball. You play with it. Don't go out that gate, right? And don't hit other people. Don't throw sand, right? And don't eat dirt for God's sakes, right? This is, that's kind of like our free will right here. Now, we have that limitation. It's not always when we become more mature and we get to a plan of regeneration and then there's higher planets after that. When we are in our physical body, we will have more and more free will. And in the spirit world, we have free will. That means we don't have to educate ourselves. We don't, we can go down to the lower zone if that's where we want to live. Or we can rise and learn and be as nice and wonderful as possible. But what I'm trying to say is we are all part of the kingdom of Christ. There's no way out of that. And what are the laws? And this is what Alan Kardec just wrote about. One of the main laws, one of the divine laws, the laws that we have no escape is the knowledge of reincarnation and karma. Reincarnation is the process, right? And karma is how it measures and guides the process. Reincarnation is one life after the next life. And karma decides when, where, how, what happens during each life. Those That's part of the divine law. And once you understand that, and then you understand that love and the golden rule is what spirits always say, you sum up spiritism the best is by a golden rule. When you understand that karma, the process, is recording everything, and that when you do wrongful actions, you will have to learn the consequences of those actions. Every action has a reaction. We're told by that in time after time in spiritist literature. And that also means good actions have good reaction. And another thing they always say is you will be rewarded 100-fold anything that you give up in this life as a sacrifice to help yourself and others. So, this is what we are being told. And this is why the gospel of spiritism is one of, you know, if, you, if I can say what are the most important things to study and read about is, of course, the Spirit's book and the gospel according to spiritism. If you read nothing else, those two books are going to be a great help. Now, I've written books that I think that people want to understand more. Uh, my book, Heaven and Below, really talks more and more about heaven, what heaven is like, the lower zone, how Jesus rules us in heaven. My second book, uh, Spirits in the Spirit Universe, what is the spirit, what are your attributes of spirits, and my third book, How Spirits Guide Us, gives you more knowledge. And all I can do is what I've tried to do in my books, is give you more knowledge so then you can read what you wish to read and what you wish to learn to it, so you can motivate yourself how important of what of how you're going to modify your behavior. 
I've also written a book, How to Live, Inner Peace of Spiritism, which kind of guides you how you can start modifying behavior into what direction. So all of this is important. And Alan Kardec tells us this. From the, earth, from the point of view of earthly life, in whose center we place ourselves, everything around us begins to assume vast proportions. The harm that reaches us, as well as the good that touches others, takes on great importance in our eyes. It is like the man who, when in the middle of a great city, sees everything on a large scale, but who, when looking down from a mountaintop, sees, sees things only in minute form. This is what happens when we look at life from the point of view of a future existence. Humanity, just as the stars in space, loses itself in the great immensity. We begin to see that great and small things are confounded as ants on top of an anthill, that proletarians and potentates are the same stature. We lament that so many short-lived creatures give themselves over to so much labor in order to conquer a place which will do little to elevate them, and which they will occupy for so short a time. From this it follows that the value given to earthly things is completely in reverse to that which comes from a firm belief in a future life. So what he is telling us is that if I if I become a multi-billionaire and I have the biggest yachts, is that as important as I, if I am a good person, I live modestly, and I try to treat all others with dignity and love and fraternity. What's more important? Well, if that multi-billionaire with a big yacht has the same characteristics of which they try to treat everyone nicely and with dignity and fraternity, then those two people are both doing wonderfully. They both are successful in this life. But if one of those people, no matter what their material possessions are, treats others harshly, takes advantage of others, lies, steals, is dishonest, then whatever material gains that person has made, whatever momentary luxuries and pleasures that person has, has had, is nothing in, in relation to eternity and is nothing in relation to when you pass over. You go either to heaven or the lower zone. Heaven, the whole word, means a paradise, a wonderful place. The lower zone, which is, you can also call a type of purgatory, nothing's eternal, speaks for itself. You don't want to be there. And those horrible times are there to help you change your attitude and your characteristics. You know, when you hear me speak, I can think of people saying, well, you're, you're telling us there's fire and brimstone and you're going to be punished for doing bad. And actually, the spirit world does not want you to look at, at it as punishment. It is more as a time out. It is more as a time. Because the law of affinity, which is another important part of this whole cycle and process, puts you with those who are like you. So when I say the lower zone is not a good place, that's because those who are there are, are not really good people. So if you're not one of those good people, guess what? You're going to be right with them. 
Now, is that a punishment or is that putting you where you belong? So that you can decide, do I want to be like those people? Because one of the main concepts we have to think. Now, think of the movies, right? When the hero rides in the town, how does the hero solve the situation? Usually, he or she shoots everybody. They are violent and they they you know they help the they help the good people and they kill the bad people. Now, did Jesus do that? Did he go through and punish all the bad people? No. How does Jesus? How does he fight evil? Well, the answer is evil is used to fight evil. And the greatest example of that is the lower zone. When you are, let's say, a pickpocket or a criminal who used to, who are used to taking advantage and abusing people, well, then you go to a place where there's others like you who want to take advantage of you and they want to abuse you. You're only getting what you put out. For every action, there is a reaction. Now you're not there forever. When you decide that, oh, well, that was a mistake. And I'm sure I've been there. And I'm sure I've said that. I was like, I don't like this life where everyone wants to take advantage of me and use me as, you know, what, however they want. And I don't think I should do that. Well, then there are spirits waiting to help you out of there. So this is what Alan Kardec says. All those who take these words of Jesus for themselves, my kingdom is not of this world, are guarding against these abuses. Those who identify themselves with a future life are as a rich person who loses a small sum without emotion. Those whose thoughts are concentrated on earthly things are as, as a poor man who loses all and so becomes desperate. Spiritism opens up and broadens out the thought process. So offering new horizons in place of a short-sighted vision concentrated only on the present, which makes this fleeting moment passed on earth the unique and fragile axis of the eternal future. Spiritism shows us that this life is nothing more than a link in the magnificent, harmonious assembly which is God's work. It also shows us the solidarity which joins together all the different existences of one being and of all beings of the same world and all the beings of all the worlds. It offers the base and the reason for universal fraternity, whereas the doctrine of creation of the soul at the birth of the body makes each creature a stranger to one another. This solidarity between parts of the whole explains what is inexplicable when only one of these parts is considered. This entirety would not have been possible to understand at the time of Christ, and for this reason he waited till later to make this knowledge known. So Alan Kardec is telling us several things in what he just said. One is, and it Spiritism tells us too, independent of what Alan Kardec said, is that we are only communicated by the spirit world to those who can understand what the message is. And at that time, you know, it's a very, you know, it's, in the height of the Roman Empire and the height of might makes right, that no, they wouldn't have understand of everything that Jesus. That's why he used a lot of parables. He didn't understand that we are we are spirits. We are immortal spirits that are connected with everybody. That everything is recorded. That karma records our whole life. 
and that when we are in heaven, we feel everything around us, and that our thoughts, that in heaven, thought is action. They don't even really talk about thought is action that much within the books by Allan Kardec. That comes out more in later spiritist literature, where they really open that up. Uh, the Reverend G. Val Owen, and I quote him a lot in my book, Heaven and Below, really just shows uh, amazing in just in example after example, spirits coming together and creating temples, creating whole environments, lakes, parks, whatever. This is really showing us that the magnificent complexity and interconnectability of God's work. This is why the spirit world is, and spirits tell us we can't understand God, we don't really understand the spirit world. You have to go through a lot of learning. You go through all the levels of heaven that are around the earth. There's, of course, the Reverend Z. Bowen books, they say there's 10 levels, but that's just an artificial numbering system, and other spirits can use other numbering system. But you're really, those, those, that constant education is just telling us what the spirit world is about, how we use our tools. We haven't really got to the point where we actually create and become a productive member of spirit society until we graduate from the 10th level of heaven. This is why this is such a journey. And we're just beginning that journey. We're like the first grader going, oh, I got oh, sixth grade. That's so long. And then you go, oh, no. You know, if you call it middle school or junior high, and then I got high school, that's so long. And it seems forever at that age. But it's not. It's all very fast. Especially when you think we live for, you know, immortality. You know, a thousand lives here and there isn't that long. And then when you look at one life, say 80 to 100 years at most, it's nothing. Now, easy for me to say, hard for me, even for myself, to believe that at times. But if you think about it and you try and say, okay, this is just one phase, it will all change, and it becomes less important. So this is what Alan, this is what the beauty of his book is all about. So I hope this has been helpful that it really explains what is going on in the spirit world and in the gospel according to spiritism is really one of the most important books you can study now as i said before real quick my other book you know exposing what heaven is telling you about it is heaven and below book one of spiritism the spirit world revealed to an anglican vicar I recommend that to those who really want to learn more about heaven. And you can read my next two books in the series. It's giving you a good survey of really what is awaiting us, what we, where we came from, because we all came from there, and what is waiting us when we go back. Now, how to modify and change your character and your personality, because that is why we're on earth. That is why we have reincarnation and why we have pro the process of karma telling us what we have to go through is to modify our personality heaven isn't a good place it's too nice there's there's no really pain and suffering there it, it, you can modify yourself but it's, it's much tougher here it's easier but it's you know it's more of a, a you know a blunt instrument to change us and we only get that blunt instrument if we're stubborn and we refuse to change. And then we have to learn like I did. I had to, you know, be broke a couple of times. Who knows what else I've had to go through because I was not a nice person. I, I recognize that. But I'm hoping 
I am an example of what you can be. And I'm still not anywhere good, right? Not many things wrong with me. Lose my temper, all this bad stuff. Done many things wrong. But I'm not a murderer and I haven't stolen people's money, right? I've lost people's money, which I all regret not, never want to do that again. But I'm better than I was. So we do improve. And for those who doubt the earth will ever improve, I want to say, don't lose hope. Every one of us is just a small little piece and we get better little by little. And if you can start modifying yourself and help others modify and help in their quest to modify themselves, God bless you all. So I want to say thank you. Uh, I'm going to put this uh, on YouTube and BitChute. Please share this video to other uh, Facebook groups. Please go and subscribe to my YouTube channel and to my BitChute channel. Please comment. Hit the, you know, share it with other people on uh, YouTube and BitChute. And if you like, you can always go to my blog, nwspiritism.com. You can write me. You can also go and uh, use a contact page. You can write me an email. You can also go to studyspiritism.org. And you can you can get me then as that you can get an appointment for you to come and talk to me. I've talked to many people that way, and I love it. it people give me better ideas. They, I understand their point of view. So you can get a, an appointment with myself or other people just to talk about spiritualism. No money, no, no obligation. We're not going to lecture you. We're just going to listen to you and say, oh, what do you want to do? We're here to help. That's it. So. No one's in all the times I've been to any spiritual center anywhere. No one's ever asked me for a dime, and they've helped me a lot and uh, nothing. So I just want to make sure everyone understands that. So I want to say, everyone, God bless you. We'll be here more Sunday nights. I'm also here on Wednesday nights on live streaming on my uh, Facebook side, uh, Spiritism and Spirit World Around Us. I might start doing that on YouTube instead. So we we shall see. You know, I want to say, God bless to all of you. God bless.